What's up, world? You are now listening to another episode of the Power Post Game Report, where we talk all things power. I, of course, am one half of your host, Triple D, and with me, as always, is... This is Carlos D. What's going on, my man? Not much. We are here, of course, to talk about... Is this This is episode five, right? I think it might be episode six. Yeah, I, was, I couldn't remember. Uh, but the episode title is Land of Lies. And um, this was a doozy. This one was a doozy. How you feeling about this one, sir? Uh, this was a decent episode. Had some stuff that's kind of set up some long-term things. Uh, a lot of weird stuff that I was like, this doesn't make sense. But, you know, that's every episode. But for the most part, I think it was a quality episode. Um, I, I still feel like they speed through a lot of things uh-huh. that I'm not loving. But for the most part, I can't, I can't complain. I think I enjoyed it. It was a good setup for the rest of the season as we go into these nice. last few episodes. Indeed. I have to agree. I do feel like they're kind of they're kind of cruising through a lot of storylines that I don't know. I feel like would do more justice if they were fleshed out a bit more. A lot happened in this episode. Um, as you said, some of it didn't quite make sense. Um, but we're going we're going to break it down piece by piece like we normally do. Sir, are you ready to dive in? OK, man, let's go get it. Let's get it. So this episode picks up. For lack of a better term, probably the next day. Uh, Lorenzo is dead. Monet goes to verify, i.e. Um, pretty much see the the fruits of her handiwork. And uh, we get the kids getting the news. Um, we get Kane doing his Kane thing. Uh, living it up in the penthouse. Having a good old time. Uh, we get Drew going back to art. Which I don't think we've seen him do since he got shot, uh, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, it was just something to kind of remind. It, it reminded me um, that despite the the life he's in there, you know, he's probably, there's no probably. He, he still has a lot of, you know, regular life humanity in him. Um, he's clearly crushing on Gordo, um, if only he knew. And, of course, Diana's, Diana's busy. After that dinner, she went back home and... Um, well, back to the to the dorms and uh, her and the TA finally. Well, I don't know if they did it. If this was the first time or what. But uh, yeah, this is all the kids getting the news and all of them with the the minis- the, the the very minute time uh, they had. They all acted it very well. Um, how did you feel about this opening this opening sequence? Yeah, like I said, it was just a way to get them all in different stages of doing different activities. I think Diana's would have been most fun if I was involved. Um, but um, yeah, I think they were just all just a way to kind of tie it all together that she's shocked. The only thing I would have been like, you know, I'm Monet. I don't tell my kids my their dad died over the phone. I probably would have been like, come home. Let's all be together so I can tell you all in one place. But I've never had to do nothing like that in real life. So I don't know what the proper procedure is. But mm-hmm. telling somebody something like that over the phone seemed a little kind of odd especially um, for their father yeah their yeah. father like i said i would have been like you know I, you know and of course they don't want to just race screen time so it's easy to do it this way but i think in real life they would have been like come home i got something to tell you and then she would have told them all as a group and they would have been doing some crying and all that type of stuff but yeah their dad is dead um they don't know that their mom is responsible for it um but they all do do what most people do they come home and start supporting their mom immediately um one thing interesting about this and it didn't really hit me until you till you mentioned that uh, throughout this episode, we don't get a lot of them mourning. Um, even at the funeral, it's it's all kind of overshadowed uh, by, you know, events that will, will take take, you know, that will take place. But like it didn't seem like we got a lot of them mourning. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was, you know, they were they were sad in the moment of being given the news. But then, like, they kind of get borderline back to business a little bit which i thought was really odd um but this happens and uh tariq meanwhile back in the dorms tariq is on edge rightfully so he's been given the truth lauren is alive uh effie with for what all he knows with possible assistance from brayden uh tried to have her killed um he's also given the news and races off to to see what the deal is uh we also get davis 
being delivered the news by stacks that Lorenzo has gone down. Uh, but also we find that Theo isn't doing well and Davis wants him out ASAP. So that's that's one of his new missions. Um, how did how did you feel about those two quick scenes? I mean, like I said, it was nothing much. That was just kind of like letting everybody know what's, what the deal is. Um, like Tariq, of course, is still in this situation where he's unsure of everything. He doesn't know who to trust. And that that's a big thing throughout this entire episode. It's like between his outrage at people lying to him, not knowing who to trust, and all the shenanigans he was involved in. That was just kind of like the catalyst to start that, this episode off for him. And the same thing with Davis. Uh, I think, you know, they did give us a little Theo Rollins update without really giving us any new news on that. And then they just needed a way to let all the main characters know that Lorenzo is dead to set up the rest of this episode. Because the big part, you know, the big theme of this episode is Lorenzo's death and how it affects not only his immediate family, but also the outliers like the Tariqs, like the uh, Davis, who's all caught up in this hotter web. So that's, that's all I that's all I really saw out of it. Gotcha. So I want to say, I think I think I might have mentioned last week that I believe Lauren um, went back to um, witness protection. This was I was wrong. This is not the case. Lauren left Tariq and went straight home, mm-hmm. um, which I guess she just assumed their parents were out for whatever reason. Um, but she wakes up at home having left um, witness protection that she wasn't ever, I guess you could say, officially in. Uh, But she awakes and runs downstairs, hopefully to greet her parents, um, which would realistically probably would have given one or both of them a heart attack. Um, But they weren't the the most emotionally open parents, if memory serves correct. But she's greeted by Sullivan, Jenny Sullivan, who has a key to the place and tells her that like, yeah, I'm sorry. We had to send your parents off for their protection, which realistically knowing what they know makes sense. Um, Lauren's not happy about this, rightfully so. And Sullivan is essentially, you know, trying to fleece her for, for this case even further. And just tell her like, look, you want to return to regular life. We have to finish what we've started. Um, and Sullivan, this this was the beginning of Sullivan's like going to the point of no return. Any any thoughts on that? And you want to go into the uh, the classroom setting? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of thoughts on it. It's just basically Jenny doing weird things, uh, just being overly obsessed with this case. At this point, I think this this girl Lauren has told her all that she knows, which is basically Effie tried to kill me. She was never involved in any of the illegal activity, so I don't know why they're so desperate to hold her. Hold her, other than the fact that she knows Effie killed her. I would try to kill her at least. Uh, so, Jenny just kind of being a bully throughout this episode. Um, not only with her, but we see with, with her later scene. She's trying to force people to get her exactly what she is, and she's just become obsessed as the other people who were in the AUSA office. And I think, as we've seen with all them, this might be Jenny's downfall the fact that she just can't get her mind off being obsessed with taking this family down. Um, and then we go to the classroom, of course. The the name of the episode is Everyone Lies, The Land of Lies, and that's what they kind of have a discussion in the class as to what is truth, does anybody tell the real truth, um, and kind of, you know, are we just in a place that people just kind of feed us stuff because they think that's what we want to hear, or is there really a such thing as absolute truth? Um, and this class is very disrespectful of their classmates. That's one yeah. thing I got it. It's like, this woman's father just died. And they, they, all they want to talk about is how bad he is. Um, and like I said, I, th- I forgot who it was. I think it might have been Effie or Bruchandria, Bruchandria. But it was like, or maybe it might have been Tariq. But one of them was like, yo, her father just died. Have some have some respect. Um, yeah, it was Tariq. Okay, yeah, because they so quick to talk about, you know, his past and his history. And I was like, dog, do y'all have no compassion for your classmates and what is going on in their lives? Or are you just so, uh, you know, jaded by your own, you know, thoughts on life or your own struggle that you just don't care about anybody else uh so you know what'd you think of their discussion and just their general dynamic in that classroom all together it was a fair discussion um it was also fair to bring up that the internet and media today pretty much do tell you what they want you to know or what they want um and essentially it's it's you know it doesn't necessarily make it true um 
I did applaud Tariq for standing up for Diana, um, especially him knowing what that's like to, you know, granted, <laughs> Diana didn't kill her father. Um, I think the funniest thing about it was while he had a point to a degree where he was saying like, so what, y'all think everything reported about me is true just because the media said it? And in my mind, I'm like, us, the viewers, we know, nigga, it's true. Like, <laughs> you did that shit. You did almost all that shit. Like, you, you're really trying to play innocent. And that's the funny thing about TV and it, it's, its ability to make you root for people that are clearly in the wrong. Because that's pretty much all book one. Um, it's you're rooting for your favorite bad person. Um, but it's just like, he, while he had a point for his, in the, I mean, he had a point in line with his, uh, his public image. The truth of the matter is not nah, Tariq, you're guilty of a lot of shit. Like realistically, you are guilty. Um, but yeah, I think that, and like you said, they are, they're all super disrespectful to each other. Um, I think the, the, one of the things that kind of like, kind of like I didn't like I didn't like but at the same time I wasn't that mad at was when the TA kind of brought up you know he he went a little hotepi and was like they're enslaved enslaved Africans they weren't slaves they weren't you know that's not their that was not their identity or whatever um it's like I understood Bruchandra brushing him off but I didn't like it because had the roles been reversed he'd have been he'd have gotten buried if he'd have brushed off someone out uh, if he'd have brushed someone else off, making a similar point. Um, but that was just a, you know, that was just a pet peeve of mine. Um, anything else on the classroom? Also, um, I think this teacher is going to be safe because they don't they don't let her do nothing. She pretty much just comes in and sets up topics and then they just steamroll it. Um, so she might she might she might last longer than the other two professors. But um, any. Any other things on the uh, the classroom setting before we move on? No, no. I'm good on that. Yeah. Like I said, I think that was just background noise at this point. I don't know why they even have her. Yeah. And, yeah, I think, I don't know. Um, I think ever since I made the, the realization that a lot of what happens with the class is them just kind of going a bit, a, a tiny bit cookie cutter. Um, this one was like a slightly different because... Like they usually, even if they all start off kind of like hot tempered, they usually end on a kind of somber or like in the same lane note um, with this being spiced up by Tariq standing up for Diana. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The the classroom scenes are kind of they're losing their their sparkle for me just a bit. Um, so from there, we go to funeral preparations. Uh, again, this is this is when I kind of really realized like just thinking it over is like, you know, they're keeping it together, but at the same time, they don't fully seem that distraught. Um, but we do see that Drew feels, Drew thinks it's the Russians. Um, because from what they all know, it makes the most sense. They, they made a move on um, the Russian connects and granted Gordo pulled a, a Lorenzo and spoke, spoke out a term. Um, it's, so he, he's, he's looking for get back. Uh, Monet for once is being level headed and being like, let's not make any moves until we know for sure, which super ironic. Um, and from there, you know, once Drew and once Drew storms out and Diana goes after him, uh, this was, this was a, a wild scene to me. This is what I was like, okay, this is border. This is what starts Monet's doom clock because she asked Kane to, to do something with the money in Lorenzo's will. And when Kane, you know, has a few questions, she disrespects the hell out of him for being suspicious and then just starts in, insulting him and his intelligence, which I was like, okay, you've definitely, started the, the beginning of your downfall how did you feel about that interaction i mean it was just monet being mother of the year is normal um so yeah so that's all i took out of it. she's like really just was really insulting to her son uh basically he figured out everything that happened he knows she's involved or possibly involved and he basically she basically told him you're too stupid to figure anything out 
Um, I think she said every time you try to get two plus two, it always come up as five or something along those lines. So she was just basically being mother of the year. She didn't really do anything to um, throw him off the scent at all other than to tell him, basically, you're too dumb to figure anything out. So just uh, leave it alone. Um, why would I ever hurt my father? And because you was a part of it, too, I would have hurt you as well. Uh, so Monet, she just don't got no subtlety to it. Um, I do think ultimately Monet is going to meet the, the, her death at the hands of one of her kids. I think likely Diana more than anybody else. And I think it's just a matter of time. I don't think it'll be this season. Uh, but Monet is definitely going to die at the hands of one of her children before this series is over. And that's how I think it's going to play out. Um, when? Who knows? But I think it's definitely going to come. And it probably will be tied to the fact that she took Lorenzo out um, and took those kids away from their father. And the father seemed to have a much better relationship with them than Monet does. Um, so we'll see how that all turns out in the end. But yeah, just her, her being her typical self. Rude, mean, um, and un, and low key uncaring. So yeah, straight up, it was, it was, it was wild to sit through that. I was just like, this was probably, just thinking back on it, this, this is probably like the cruelest she's like talked to him, which is even wilder considering that the dude just got news that his father was killed, and like you're just straight up insulting the hell out of him. That that almost made it like. That almost made her borderline confess that she did it because it's just like, why are you being this mean to me when when I just lost my father? And it's like you almost sound like you don't care mm-hmm. that he's dead. Um, but as you said, like we gonna see what happens. So from there, we get a really really quick scene. But man, was this impactful! This was this was Tariq taking a page out of his uncle Tommy's book because he ambushes Braden coming off an elevator. Um, we get some tussling, and on the one hand, I was like, okay, because I don't, I can't remember. Has Tariq had a, a fight scene? Never actually. I don't think. It, I mean, we seen him shoot people before. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen them actually like fight anybody. So that's yeah. what, that, that's, I think that's what I noticed too. It was like just the first time we ever seen him actually get physical with somebody. And yeah. He was giving Brayden the business a little bit. I mean, Brayden got a couple of shots in too, but basically he beat Brayden ass. Um, um, here's the thing. It, it it would appear that way. But here's the thing. One, he ambushes Brayden. Two, Brayden hit him with that body shot and got him up off of him. Three, once he gets up, like, Brayden's startled. But I think, I think Brayden probably could have gone a little bit longer. Um, also, you got to remember that Brayden, Brayden survived that, that Italian ordeal. So... I think he can, you know, he, he can take a few more punches these days. Um, so, like, you give me a straight up, I don't know. But, like, you also got to remember, this man Braden is, you know, he gets he gets ambushed. And I'm pretty sure he's even more taken off guard by the fact that his best friend is swinging on him. And he doesn't fully know what's going on um, until, like, you know, Tariq stops for a second. Um, so, like... Props to to Tariq for showing that he can get he can get active, um, but also props to Braden because he he took it and I feel like had to had Tariq been somebody else, I don't know I think Braden probably would have thrown down a bit more. Like I mean he's obviously going to be more reserved because that's his best friend. He doesn't know exactly what's going on, um, but the cat's out of the bag. Um, but I do, I do appreciate Braden stepping up a lot more these days, because you know he, it, it's obviously the heat of the moment. But like he, he pretty much explains that like, look, she, Effie took her. Like I didn't know that you know she was gonna go that far, but like it had to have been her because I did what you told me to do, which was try to get her out of town, and Effie took her. So like, Braden isn't innocent, but I feel like he's, he, he's mainly guilty of not telling Tariq that Effie took her. Mm-hmm. Um, but any anything else on that before we move on? No. Okay. So we get Sax trying to enlist Tate to to kind of help the, the drive to get Theo Rollins out of jail, um, which Tate has to, you know, acknowledge the, uh, the optics of it are perfect for someone that's about to be on the campaign trail. But um, but obviously it's Tate, so he he needs something, or necessarily wants something, and he wants Davis 
to pretty much take down his opponent. Um, he's then approached by Sullivan, who at this point, when I'm watching this scene, I was like, okay, Jenny Sullivan has gone full Angela Valdez. Um, I've said this in the past episodes. This season in particular, Sax is trying to do things the right way for the right reasons. It took him a whole book one and the first season of book two and possibly season two. I, I got to fully remember. But ever since he, he learned that Lauren died, quotation marks, Sax has genuinely been trying to do the right thing. He can't, he can't really like, I think he's, he's trying to atone. Like he can't really, you know, make up for all the, the scummy things he's done, but his movements this season have all been for the right reasons, whether it's trying to take down a obviously legit criminal organization, which yes, we like these characters, but they are in the wrong. Like, let's like not be, let's not be, you know, dull. Um, to genuinely trying to get Davis's brother out of jail for a crime he didn't commit, Sax is genuinely trying to do the right thing. And Jenny Sullivan is on one. Like, she is full Angela Valdez. She does not care. She wants what she wants. And if you don't get it, she's going to burn you. Any feelings on those, that kind of connected scene? No, no, I think you, you summed it up pretty well. The, the fact that she's just out to get him, she uses the fact that uh, basically she's extorting him at this point too. Cause I, for, I forgot, I was like, why, why, what was she holding over his head to make him be involved? But I forgot that she has the fact that he was at truth tonight that, um, that ghost was shot ghost with was a shot. gun. And technically we still don't know. I think ghost's murder is still unsolved from the stake of the TV show. I think Nobody you're right. Knows who actually did it. Um, so, I mean, she, so she's using it. She's definitely holding against him and she's got sacks where I really wants to. And sacks, I think was legitimately hurt. Um, cause I, I think he thought it was more than they were. Um, and, and you know, he's just in his feelings about it, but what can he do? He's, he's kind of caught up and now we're just gonna see how, how he plays this. Cause he's like, why well, I think he's still going to try to assist. I think he's got something up his sleeve to try to get Jenny as well, but we got to see how it's going to play out long-term. Indeed. So why don't you go ahead and talk about, uh, Effie and Tariq's day trip. Oh yeah, so Tariq rents a Lamborghini. How? I don't know. Not only is he a child, he's not even 25. I think he can't even rent a car. But uh, that might have been shit. Is that a rumor? Is that like an urban myth that you can't rent a car until you're 25? Uh, that you sounds like an urban rumor at this point. Well, who gives a, a, a 19-year-old a Lamborghini? Right. Um, but anyway, he tees out, and they're cruising, and he's basically talking about how he just kept getting deeper and deeper into life. Um, and a lot of it sounds like he was just remorseful about the fact that if he wouldn't have gotten involved in all the foolishness that he forced himself into, his sister probably wouldn't be wouldn't be dead. And if he didn't take the revenge to try to get Ray Ray who, for killing his sister, then it would have led to these things that led to him ultimately killing his father. Um, and he, he makes a lot of excuses for himself because he still blames his father. It's his father's fault that he was about to turn him in without realizing the fact that he did a lot of wrong things. And maybe he does belong in jail. Or maybe he did deserve to be punished for his actions instead of this constant uh, running he's been doing since he started getting involved in this criminal activity. Uh, so they had this talk where he kind of uh, tells her something private in the hopes of getting her to tell him something private in return. But the thing that she gives him is not what he wants. Uh, she basically, whether it's true or not, you never know. Uh, but she basically gives a story where um, you know, when she was younger, her stepfather touched her inappropriately when she's a child. She lays this all out to Reek, how she doesn't have a family. That's basically why she doesn't have a mother anymore because she ends up marrying the man who she told touched her. Uh, but Tariq was like uncaring. He was like, like she tells this sad story about being molested. He was like, uh, well, that's not what I was. That's not what I wanted to hear at all. Takes her down to the lakes and basically just gets out the car and spazzes off on her. Um, he knows that she's not telling the truth. She still won't tell the truth, and he finds like, look, tell me the truth. I know you had something to do with Lauren's death. Uh, now we got an investigation to us. Can you please just tell me the truth? And then she finally does admit to him that, um, yeah, she was involved. And her response is, I did it because you wouldn't do it. I did it to try to protect us. Um, and I don't think he sees that. All he sees is the betrayal, um, which ultimately leads to him leaving her out there. 
stranded her out in the middle of nowhere uh, and basically told her to find your own way home. Uh, what did you think of the interactions uh, and everything that, led, that, was, that, that that happened in that scene? Um, it was this was a big scene. Um, I th- and like you said, like this was this was big in the fact that Tariq finally fully accepted responsibility for a lot of his actions, um, which was it was refreshing. I still hated the fact that like excuse me to a degree he kind of still still blames his father but you know i think that's a writer's choice at this point um effie's backstory and again like we don't know if she's being and it's sad that because realistically you you know you're supposed to believe people of that um but she's done a lot of wild stuff and we know the length she's willing to go to to you know get 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 her way with certain things but i for a second there Tariq was in on that story and it made me wonder like is he actually going to go through with whatever he's about to go through with um and like you said i think once he settled it in he was just like mm, that sucks but it's not quite what i was looking for um so yeah all that goes down and it's over that's a wrap on the relationship um, at least for now, um, it was, it was, it was pretty big. I, I, I saw them parting ways at some point, but like, I didn't see it happening this soon. Um, so at the moment, all, everything so far that's been kept from Tariq has been out in the open, is, is now out in the open. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll see long-term what comes from this. So from there... We get uh, Lauren confiding in Sax. Uh, she does genuinely trust him because he's the only one that's like kind of kept it real with her. And um, again, Sax being on his white hat journey or his return to his white hat, he tells her the truth about Tariq and he doesn't lie. Like everything that's happened, it's it's factual. Um and we get Lauren having to come to grips with the fact that she believes sex, which, you know, he he didn't like tell her this stuff to necessarily sway her, but he told her this stuff because she, he felt like she did deserve to know the truth. Um, any anything on that? No, no, no. I think it was pretty pretty straightforward. She he did what he had to do to try to get her uh, on their side, even though I still don't understand what she knows. Like she's already given everything she knows. She gave him the tape, and she gave him the fact that Effie tried to kill her. She knows nothing about Tariq's dealings, bill, his business, or anything like that. So, um, I don't know how long they're gonna plan to keep more, but uh, I don't know why either. I mean, other than the fact that the Effie part of it. So we'll see what happens with them long term. Yeah, I think at this point, the only thing they can really use her for is to testify that Effie is dangerous, violent, and dangerous, which they might just have to settle for um but yeah we, we shall see what happens um so from there uh effie and brayden are out for now at least which you know obviously gets rectified fairly quickly in this episode um but we get to kind of spiraling just a little bit i would have i would have preferred to see him spiral out at least into another episode um but like you said they they've got the they've got the the foot on the gas pedal um and he's trying to handle it all himself. Uh, I thought it was funny that Kane was like, oh, yeah, I guess you finally found out about that, huh? Um, which was funny because I like the fact that Tariq was like, look, this is partially on you. So now we got a, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we Now we got a, a case on our, on our heads and um, we, we all got to be on our, on our P's and Q's. Um, I also like the fact that that when Kane said it, like he kind of said it, like what you gonna do? I like that that Tariq played him the exact same way he did last season and partially in the first season. He was like, "You, you're fine. Like you did exactly what I thought you'd do. So you know, you're you're good." And you could see that that one kind of stung Kane a little bit. Right. Uh, but what? Did, how did you feel? Nah, I think Kane thinks like Tariq is afraid of him for some reason. Um, because even when like later on he Braden says uh. When the next scene, Braden talks about, well, why didn't Tariq throw him out? And he was like, well, he thinks you will murder him. But I don't think that's the case. I think Tariq just knows that he can't kick all of his partners out. 
and he does need uh, to Tejada's to move it on the street. Um, but I think Kane has this false conception that like Tariq is afraid of him or he's going to do something to him, um, which we know as the viewers is not true. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a weird situation. I mean, I think it was crazy how he just tried to throw him out of the game. I think he was kind of not thinking too fast uh, because nobody let nobody just out of the game. Um, yeah. So, you know, he was kind of getting ahead of himself. Um, like I said, and, and we see that their lack of partnership lasts all of about 15 minutes in showtime uh, before they all have to force themselves back together. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just Tariq, just kind of like you said, a little bit hurt, a little bit um, spiraling out of control. And hopefully he can get himself back into a situation where he can focus on their task at hand because they still got the big bad boogeyman kind of lingering over top of them. Um, so his idea of just kick, kicking everybody out of the business and going it alone we know that's not going to fly. Right. Um, so we get a real quick scene where Kane, um, because, you know, he can't be bothered with legitimate stuff. He pretty much pawns it off onto uh, Braden to, you know, find a way to launder this money or at least blow it up. And Kane pretty much, on the one hand, you know, tells him, like, look, I, I really don't care about investing, but... Until you can, you know, get back in, because like you said, we need you or we all or we all die. Um, and he, he pretty much just tries to pit um, Brayden against Tariq, um, where he pretty much just tells him, like, look, you took the heat for the main for the biggest affront. You know what I mean? You tried to hold him down. Like, how does he how can he possibly kick you out? Like, they're pretty much operating under your family's um kind of business i mean your your family's umbrella which was a fair point um so from there uh we go to the repast where mike from the wood is <laughs> he's trying to end up dead next wyland talking mad reckless about monet in her house and pops ain't even in the grave yet um He's yeah, he's looking to die next. Mm -hmm. And you get a real quick scene where, you know, Drew's still I think Drew's the only one really like handling like not necessarily handling it, but he's really the only one that's like kind of expressing his emotions. Kane is keeping it together because, you know, thugs don't cry. Um But this is where Monet is just grimy again and tried to pit Drew against Kane for the top spot talking about how, like, this is why your dad, you know, wanted you. And it's just like, dude, you've, you've had their father killed, and now you're you're literally putting two sons against each other. Um, how did you feel about that scene? And, and go ahead and go upstairs to Diana's room afterwards. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, they're doing the same thing that the father was doing to them. They, they, they love to put these two brothers against each other. And then both of the brothers immediately feed into it, though. They never try to think like, oh, man, we'd be better together or, um, you know, maybe we should be fighting because it can only be one king and they both want the crown. So it's not shocking. And, of course, this, their, their parents are very manipulative, so they use it to their best interest. Uh, the one thing I don't like is like Drew and this idea that the Russians did it. And he's just so gung ho about it. Drew is normally the more rational one. And I guess this is what, you know, losing his father has really done to him because Drew's normally the one that would be like, yo, let's think it out. Let's chill in the past. But Kane is normally the one that's like hot-headed. And it may be because Kane knows that the Russians truly didn't do it. He knows, he don't know for a fact, but he knows his mom was more likely involved than any Russian person ever was. And Drew doesn't have this information. So maybe that's why Drew is so, you know, so headstrong about it. Um, but yeah, those two are going to continue to bump heads. Um, and then we go upstairs. And the, the TA... You know, I guess it's trying to be a supportive. You know, I don't. I wouldn't call her boyfriend because I don't think they're that far down the line. But he's trying to support a woman he's interested in, but he's going about it all the wrong way. Uh, we know what her father is, but nobody wants to hear bad things about somebody that they just lost. It's been a day or two, and he's insulting her. And I think Diana, who is shown to be the most family involved person, did did what most people would do. She told him, look, stop talking bad about my family. You don't really know me like that. And basically, it's, your, it's time for you to leave. And if you can't find your way out, my brothers will surely help you find your way out. And just like that, I think Diana has called it uh, quits Quits with the TA. Um, you know, he crossed the line. Uh, line, And like she even brought it up, this is not the, line, the first time he crossed this line. 
she, he's been talking bad about her family basically since he found out who her family was. There's always some negative comments, some negative dig, uh, trying to separate her from separate her from her family. And I don't know if that's in her best interest or he's just being a manipulative older man and just trying to control her by separating her, separating her from the people who are close to her. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Diana did what I think most of us would have done in a situation like that. Even if you are right, you don't want to hear nothing negative about somebody you literally just lost. Right. Um, especially somebody as close as, uh, as a parent. Like your mother or father might be one of the worst people ever. And you may talk shit about them all day long, but it's different when somebody else is doing it. Um, right. And I think that's just kind of how that manifested itself. Okay. It was just a matter of time. Um, because the dude talked too much. It was just, not only did he talk too much, every time he opened his mouth, everything was delivered as, I'm right, and here's why. But what I'm about to say is correct, no matter what you think, and here, here's why. And it was, I, yeah, the uh, the first time they were, like, kind of in the bed together and he's, like, talking to her about, like, cutting herself off from her family, I was like, oh, yeah, this dude, he, if he's really head set on trying to hit he needs to go ahead and get it because like at some point this is going to run its course nobody wants to be around a person that's always trying to lecture them and that's essentially what it was every time he opened his mouth with her he was trying to school her um no don't nobody want to be in a relationship like that at least i don't think so um mm. she wouldn't she's definitely not the type uh so from there <laughs> this made me chuckle um Tariq goes up to uh western holdings and uh finds out that his badge doesn't work um and all i i could think was like Tariq literally ambushed and roughed up brayden kicked him out of the business and thought he was just gonna go back to his internship like everything was all good what are you doing son what are you doing you should have known that your internship was probably dead um and or at the very least lay some groundwork and you call Lucas and like, Hey, me and Braden had a falling out, but I still want to be a part of this. He just showed up like, nah, I'm good. I'm straight. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that got <laughs> to do you... with, um, the dynamics between the two. I think Tariq, even though they're supposed to be partners, they always talk about his partnership. Tariq knows he has a dominant role over Braden. So I don't, I, I just think he didn't think Braden would be so bold enough to retaliate. Uh, but Braden did exactly what anybody would do. You kick me out of my business, I'm going to kick you out of mine. Uh, why would I let you keep exactly. coming here and getting something from me when you just made it, you, you beat on me, for one, or you attacked me physically, and then you also put me out of something that we supposed to, uh, you know, we started together. Uh, so would, have, would Braden have done this if Kane hadn't inspired him to do it? We'll never know. Um, but it was the right move. Um, you take something from me, I need to say something back. I can't just let you kind of dominate me all the time. And that's been their dynamic a lot over the course of going back to high school is that Tariq is kind of like the alpha and, you know, uh, Brayden is a willing beta. But in this case, this time you flipped the script on him. And the thing that like kind of stuck out to me about that exchange in the lobby was that like, much like the, uh, the other issue they had in, in I want to say last season, like Braden always acknowledges when he messes up and he's very apologetic to Tariq because this is the same thing that happened when I think he was, when I think he was pushing drugs with, um with Kane or he was running with Kane and he was just like, look, I messed up. Like I, I got caught up. Um, but he was, it, I think he, he, there's no, I think, I know for a fact, Gen Brayden genuinely cherishes his friendship with Tariq. Um, but like, he was telling the truth, like, yeah, Effie came and took over. Like, what was I supposed to do? Um, and Tariq was like, well, you could, you could have told me the truth. But at the same time, I want to say in that same season, this happened last time, Tariq was lying to Brayden. But this was, as we've said, this was the exact same dynamic that Ghost and Tommy had. Ghost felt like he was above um, having to share information with Tommy. And that's how Tariq operates. Um, the only difference is that Tommy was way too detached. He didn't, he didn't care. Like, whereas in Brayden actually genuinely cares about their relationship. Um, so from there, <laughs> Tariq, sad and sullen, 
he goes to pour his heart out to Reyna. And uh, Big Mama shows up and gives him a dose of reality. That like, yo, you... The way you're going, you're going to end up dead or in jail for real. Like, you might not escape the next time they get you in handcuffs. Or possibly worse. Because to a degree, he is going down the same path as his father. Which, again, ironic, he's doing all this to get out. Like his father. Um, and I don't care, viewers. Y'all just got to be tired of me. Take a take a shot every time I speak up and in support for Ghost. <laughs> uh, but we also get... Another sad reality that you've actually touched on a few times that um, Big Mama didn't get to go into Witsec, which is kind of it's kind of strange that they would have just left her out there. If Tasha was in danger, why would they not assume that her her daughter and uh, mother were also in danger? Um, obviously, uh, Yaz got in on some some behind the scenes stuff. Um but how did you feel about her just kind of trying to talk some sense into Tariq? I mean, th this is what should have been from the start. Like, this is good motherly advice. This is what Tasha should have been telling them instead of encouraging him to be involved in the shenanigans. Um, and, and she's just being honest. He has lost a lot. He's lost his entire family. His sister's dead. His father's dead. Uh, his mama's gone. His little sister's gone. Um, and she, they already they got it to each other at this point, and even they don't really talk anymore because Tariq reported her for being an alcoholic, um, in the effort to get I, I forget what happened. I think he was trying to protect his sister, or help his sister, or whatever it may be. He was trying to get custody of yeah. yeah. So he basically blew up his entire family by being selfish and stupid, going way back to when he had to not follow his, his parents. We had to start getting involved in drugs. He had to start doing those types of things that led to all these tragic events. And he takes very little accountability for it. So she's like, basically, look, you got to open your eyes up. Uh, you're still young. You can still fix all this type of stuff. But if you keep going down this path, it's not going to end up good. You're going to end up in the grave right next to your father, like she said. And it appeared he wised up to it. Um, it was a nice touching scene, um, you know, between a, a grandmother and her grandson. So I enjoyed the scene as a whole. Like I said, the show, the acting on the show is always kind of choppy. Uh, but I actually thought this was a, a good and, and touching scene. Um, no, we'll see if he ultimately heeds his grandmother's advice and, and clears himself from all these people. But we know that's easier said than done. Even if he wanted to get out tomorrow, it's not going to be as easy as him just saying, oh, okay, I quit. Right. Why don't you talk about how Drew is starting to move like Kane? Uh, yeah, so this is the same thing. Drew is hell-bent on revenge. I still don't, I mean, other than the assumption that the Russians did it, he doesn't really explain to us as the audience as to what is the fact-based part of it, uh, why the Russians went after the, the Tahadas, uh, or, you know, particularly Lorenzo when, uh, you know, he doesn't really connect the dots for us. But basically, he just lets it be known, look, I'm going after the Russians. He goes to Gordo and says, look, I'm going after them. I need help. Are you down or not? And Gordo... You know, he can't reveal the truth, um, but I guess it's good that he supports his man in the sense that he's willing to help him, um, even though he knows it's wrong, and he, even though he knows it's likely going to cause a bigger war that needs to happen. Um, but Gordo stands by his man and is willing to help Drew with this half-baked plan to get back at the Russians. Uh, and even that, we don't know who the Russian is, why he wants to pick this particular Russian, um, but he does come up with a plan to get the Russians back. And, um, you know, we'll see how that plays out in a couple of scenes. Indeed, indeed. Um, so, yeah, uh, pretty much everything you said. Uh, Gordo just trying to cover his tracks. Um, so he's in for the long haul. But he still has to live with what he did. Um, so we get Diana uh, in mourning and newly single. Um, getting drunk with the weirdest assortment is <laughs> <laughs> the most random assortment. They all looked so strange sitting on that little couch together. Um, you got Becca, you got, you got <laughs> Bruchandria and no name black dude who was hilarious in the hallway. That's Diddy, um, sir. Huh? So that's Diddy, sir. Oh, for real? Yeah. Well, I forget which one. But okay. That's, that's, I did not know uh, that. Yeah, that's Diddy, sir. That's probably okay. how you got the. That's probably you got the role, right? Leave it to his but, dad. But um, we get uh, T A trying to come by and make amends. Uh, Tariq is his stop by, 
Um, right. And they all just left. They were like, oh, yeah. I go. I'm like, yeah. no. I mean, to a degree, like, I guess Becca was just being a good wing woman. Right. Um, good blocking. slash roommate. But um, <laughs> it was hilarious. Well, T.A. showed up with a full bouquet. Right. Like, nah, <laughs> trying to bro. keep it together. You already got somebody in there. And yeah, I thought he was going like, to bust up in there or knock on the door. I guess <laughs> That's what I was thinking, took too. took the message and left. He His realized he was hurt. defeated. Yeah, he knew it was a wrap. And but Diana, that was hilarious. Diana drinking straight vodka straight out the bottle. No cup. Like, yeah. what kind of party is this? They ain't got no cups. Each one of them just drinking out their own individual bottles. Um, that was, like, that, that was a weird kickback. Yeah, they had cups. Brashandria um, stole the bottle. Okay, maybe she um, just wasn't sharing her bottle. Diana was taking it to the head. It was like she in there with somebody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, what you mean, like another guy? And they just bust out laughing. Right, dumbass. Um, but this is where I was just like, okay, well, first of all, Tariq is pretty much there to recruit Diana. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to, yeah. And she's she's like, nah, like I'm out. My dad told me that I don't have to do it no more, and I want to stick to it. Like I want to, you know, honor his wishes and do something else, which. Tariq, to a degree, respected. And this was my my only real disappointment for the episode. I don't think we need Diana and Tariq. Like, I don't think we need that being a thing. Um, him, I feel like he his get back on Effie needs to be something else. I don't feel like, I didn't like the idea of him sleeping with Diana um, because he's mad at Effie. I, I didn't like that at all. So you've never been a scorn um, man like this. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably what like he, he goes. I mean, that, you know, it's not. It's, it's not like, fun. you know, it's not appropriate. It's not good to use another woman to get back at somebody or to get over a person. But you know, uh, some men maneuvers. don't think logically. So they just kind of go with the flow. Um, this is somebody he's had a history with in the past. They probably they did have some feelings for each other. Um, and I'm not gonna say he took advantage of her situation because I think technically she started kissing him first. Um, but she definitely was intoxicated, and maybe he shouldn't have cross that line yeah and it, that was another that was another aspect of it um i mean it's sir it sets up a later scene um but you know it is it is what it is i guess so while this is going on while they're going on i should say um at first drew was moving like kane and monet now he's moving like dre got himself a little disguise <laughs> uh sneaks up into this russian bar and uh <laughs> This was a funny, this was kind of an interesting, slight funny scene. Uh, hey, man, lady or man, Drew Drew can pull you. Mm-hmm. Um, pulled a Russian baddie, and later he pulled a knife right. on uh, some random Russian dude that was at the bar minding right. his business. And I was like, is this place open for business? I can tell <laughs> they was in, because she was there working and greeting people, but I guess they weren't open yet because he was just the delivery boy. Uh, and, of course, the disguise is just a hat. That's yeah, all the exactly. Disguise. Put a hat and on some, and you're unrecognizable. Exactly. Some dickies. Uh, well, like I said, he goes in. Uh, the dude's like, basically, get your ass out of here. Drop the bottles and leave. He goes up to him, makes some bitch speak about this is the Sahadas. And, you know, he kills the guy that he doesn't. And they don't explain who this guy is. They see, like, the head of all the Russians. He's just like a middleman. Why did they pick this particular individual? Uh, they don't even get any of that. We don't get any justification or rationale behind all that. Uh, but... We got another fallen body. Drew ends up getting his revenge, I guess, uh, by stabbing this random Russian guy um, with the help of, I don't know, like five or six other random Gordo Gordo crew. Yeah, uh, What they was doing yeah. there, I don't know. <laughs> they didn't seem to be doing any work. Uh, but, yeah, so we, we, we got um, something that's probably going to be tragic for the family long term. It's basically a, another Russian body, and then which is going to lead to a full-on war with the Russians. And um, I don't think the Sahadas are ready for that right now at all. Um, all I kept thinking was like, well, did because, you know, clearly he's he's interrupted quickly by gunshots. I was like, did they kill the baddie? Is she is she still alive? Is she OK? Um, what if you give but, her a real phone number? Right. True that. True that. True that. Um, so we go back to the dorm where Effie makes a play to also try to recruit Diana this of course falls through. All right, trying uh. to get the sister team back together after, after, after you already double crossed the woman and slept with her proposal man, told her to get away from the man. Now you're trying to start a business with her, um, which of course just led to at least they ain't trying to hide it. 
Diana yeah. just pulled that dough back. She was like, actually, he goes to put his shirt on. Yeah. Trying to be High smooth. Heavy. Yeah. Hey, heavy. Like, just grimy. Like, grimy on all parts. Right. Just had to throw um, it in her face. I mean, technically, he didn't throw it in her face. She showed up unannounced at this woman's door, and then she just sort of ha- she just happened to see the aftermath of that. Um, it'd have been different if he was like, "Guess what? I fucked Diana last night." But you know, she showed up, and I guess the truth had to be known. I'm now I'm really curious as how the class how class is gonna go. Um, so from there we get a really quick scene. It, this was it was it wasn't much. It was pretty much Braden trying to figure out a way to invest uh, Lorenzo's will money. Um, the only note I really had on this was um, Kiki's bad. She is bad. The other note I had was, um, does she bad still have his phone? She's bad or bad that she's attractive? Attractive. Like, oh, yeah. I and, just, yeah she, and that's not appropriate. I was uh, I was watching it with a, a, a friend of mine, a woman, and that was not appropriate I was like, is that appropriate? Uh, like, I'm trying trying to judge women, but I was like, is this appropriate attire for a corporate office? And she said, no, not at all. That was like a cocktail dress, like she was about to go out on the night on the town. Um, she did not need to be wearing that to work. And then two, why is she so eager to give all the legal activity? I thought Kiki right. was like this good corporate girl. She down to do anything illegal, like just doesn't know any of the circumstances, don't know the background, don't know what it's connected to. For for a piece of money, she wouldn't do anything. And I don't like that about her. I thought it was gonna make her as like a more upstanding person than they yeah. have led her to let led us to believe so far. Yeah, I think, I think I don't know. I'm guessing the only way, you know, the Weston firm is already kind of like on the skeevy. You know, you saw the other interns and whatnot, how they were doing coke and whatnot. So they probably realistically that firm or holdings company, whatever, they probably don't care what she wears as long as she does her job. Um, I'm pretty sure like more upstanding, you know, Wall Street establishments probably wouldn't let her wear stuff like that. But we've we've seen how Uncle Luke and the crew get down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought um, it was just a little off. I mean, it, it was a bit. No and I think I might have had the same thought like real, you know, real briefly. Um, but I also remember what they let the professor wear that one that one episode um, to class. So. We get. The inevitable. We get Diana getting caught on the um, the cameras that they put mm-hmm. that they put up. Um, I mean, do we? Is there really anything? No, nah, no, nah, nah, really. I mean, we said? knew that was coming from when they went and boarded up a couple of episodes when Blanca said about the. Well, I, I feel who was Jenny or Blanca talked about putting cameras on the roof. You knew it was going to come back and somebody was going to get caught on camera, and Indeed. and happened to be Diana. Indeed. So we get a real quick scene. Where Tariq is on his way, presumably, to meet up with Big Mama, mm-hmm. but he gets ambushed by um, Obi and his the yeah. henchman and his henchman. Uh, which, realistically, I think this was all. This was always Tariq's plan, um, and that pretty much. I mean, I don't think do we really need to talk about. I mean, aside from the fact that Obi kind of set up what needed to happen was like, uh, which was pretty much. We we I need all five of you there. Right. Like no more showing up without. Together. Yeah. But yeah, to um, me this was just more of that cartoon villainy type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I didn't really have a lot on it other than the fact that this is typical. Obi shows up, he makes some type of threat, or he pulls a gun on somebody, he roughs somebody up, makes a threat that they're gonna kill you, rinse and repeat. So it's just the same thing over and over with them. They're not really doing anything to make them any different. Uh, every scene could basically be the same scene over and over when it comes to him. And I'm just like I said, like I said last week, just kind of fed up with it. It's just boring to me. And I wish at some point they do something to make them more exciting characters or more dynamic. But if it's just every week, just gonna be, hey, we're gonna kill you. I, I'm already bored with it. Yeah, I think, I think this was part of Tariq's plan in in general. Um, who knows? It's quite possible he was gonna meet up with her and maybe give her like a stack of money or something like that. Um, but I kind of feel like it was it was part of his plan. He even said it. Uh, but this was probably this was this was the highlight of the episode for me. And um, it really made me happy that they did this. But he did right by Big Mama. And she gets to go and live with um, with Yaz and Tasha. Mm. Um, Would have been nice to see Tamika. Uh, but, you know, 
they got to pay her. Yeah. Uh, the actress, that is. It wasn't worth getting her off of that little bit of scene because she wouldn't have had nothing to do. It's, it'd have been nice to see her, though, you know, even if it was just like five seconds. Like, it'd have been nice to, you know, to see her. I think it would have lightened up the episode just on a, you know, a heartfelt that even though Tariq stressed her the hell out, he still came through for for she still came through for him when it when it came to the grandmother. Um, so I, I did really, really enjoy that um, he looked out for her in the end. And to a degree, like when he said that, like, this actually works out for me um, on a couple of levels, because now he knows that she's safe and out of the reach. Well, at least we think, because that that could very well be a, a plot point later on that Noma has people inside Witsec and she finds his family. Um, but if she doesn't, then Tariq doesn't have anybody that they can actually reach. Um, any Anything on that in particular? No. Grandma gone off to be good. Good for her. Go ahead and talk about this funeral. <laughs> uh, I mean, so, I mean, the funeral was kind of wild all around. Um, they say their goodbyes. Diana is giving a eulogy. Uh, my part was like, why was Blanca and Jenny at the funeral with those pictures? Like, they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's just the same way they randomly like look at the pictures of Diana, and I guess that's to show us the audience that they had the pictures. Um, but I don't see why they would be at the funeral, just looking at those pictures at the funeral. You know, that's just TV magic. Um, so the funeral is kind of going. They're saying their goodbyes. Uh, Kane takes the chain, making himself the king. Um, and then as the funeral is over, everybody's doing their paying respects. This one it got really silly to me. When they had the the uh the crazy John Wick S shootout with yeah. a guy pulled the Russians pull up in a a, a big SUV. SUV and the guy comes out the the sunroof blasting and of course nobody gets hit. They just shot the hundred rounds and nobody gets hit except when it's time to return fire, and they all of a sudden kind of pop up behind the casket and get like direct headshots. Um, and of course the Russians run off, but it's like, where was Blanca? Where was the police? Like yeah. they never really like nothing happens to them. They had a whole shootout in broad daylight at the funeral. And I get it. Even if those guns are registered guns, you got to at least talk to the police. You don't yeah. have no shootout in New York and not. Uh, broad daylight. Yeah, broad daylight and not paying any consequences to it. Uh, so it got, that was another part where it got really cartoonish to me. Or it got really, really action movie and not realistic. Um, it kind of threw me out of the episode. Uh, but basically, the Russians plot their get back. They come in guns blazing. Um but only to death, uh, only to bad results for them because they just lose another body. You have any, they uh, said something to the huh? Go ahead. You said what? Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. They did something. To say one of them said something to the effect of the after the fact that the Russians were rounded up. Um, yeah, uh, Davis says that he was like your family. And that was basically the. I don't know if that means that we're done with the Russians altogether. That was just a quick one episode type of thing. But later, when Davis before Monet goes in the house at the end of the episode, Davis does call her up and talk to her. He says. Basically, the feds got the Russians, so your family is safe for now. Um, right. I don't know what that means? Like, did they right. did they arrest every Russian in this Russian mafia in one swoop? Uh, but I think that's just TV magic again. Indeed. Yeah. So the thing that that's wild out to me that wild out to me out of all of that was um, <laughs> Gordo pulls out a gold gun. Oh yeah. I was like, like face what? Off. I was like, why does he have that gold ass gun? <laughs> I was like, what? He gets gold, um, you know. When you're killing, you gotta be fashionable too. 007 out here. Never have a gold um, gun. But we real we get real quick in the the you know the aftermath of this. Um, Kane being level headed, like you really got us into a war, and Drew stepping up, which is now setting off their civil war. Um. So Monet has started inadvertently gotten them into a war with the Russians and now started a civil war between her own sons. Um, anything on that before we move on? Uh, no. I mean, this is what they kept doing about, you know, kind of put those two against each other. So it's not shocking that the brothers are, after they just was in a, you know, shootout to save their lives, they were pushing and shoving each other. Um, and that's only going to get worse because they both can't be king. Um, and Monet is not really setting it up properly as to who should be alright so from there uh, an unlikely surprise we get a victory for a dirty mat 
Kane comes by to check on Effie, and she's in the process of taking her, the app that she created, and borderline about to, like, pretty much throw Brayden and Tariq under the bus, um, which I thought was wild, um, because, you know, there's still rules, so I thought that was, that was insane, but we get, we get Kane, who, who waited, waited for his opening, and boy, did it come, he pretty much tells her, like, look, I'll slide you product, you can still push, um, there's still gonna be an issue, because I believe she's still using the lockers, too, um, granted, Tariq said, I'll get you codes for the lockers, so he might change the codes on Effie. She might not have a place to stash her stuff. Well, um, I mean, I don't think it's even going to come to that because he knows she has to let her back in. Uh, yeah. Obi already made it clear that there is no, it doesn't work without all four of them. Uh, so there is no out for her. Um, but like I said, I think this was just the culmination of uh, his efforts. Kane's been interested in Effie since he met her. Um, and, I, and I thought this was going to end with them like kissing or something. So I was surprised yeah. they didn't go that route. Um, but... You know, like you said, he's doing his dirty Mac and he's getting closer to her. Um, and now she's extra vulnerable that she lost Tariq. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of episodes we don't get a reverse of what we saw with Diana and Tariq where Effie's coming out of the penthouse at some point or Effie shows up to the meeting with Kane and then Tariq is in his feelings because his girl is messing around with Kane. Um, so we got to see how it's going to all play out. But we got like four episodes left and all this stuff is going to get real messy before we get to Indeed. the end. Indeed. We get a real quick scene between the bros um, who aren't quite bros at the moment. They're on some Ghost and Tommy stuff. It's like, look, we need each other to stay alive at the moment. So we just got to make this work um, until we're out. And uh, Tariq decides that he, in fact, does want to make a move on the daughter, um, which interesting turn of events. Uh, anything on that before we hit the last scene? Nah, I think that's just what it was. Um, you knew they was going to have to come back together at some point. Um, and like I said, this this is very reminiscent of the first episode with Tommy and Ghost. Every other week they fighting each other, and then they back to being friends, and they fighting again. Uh, and ultimately, I think they got a strong brotherhood, and I think they'll always, for the most part, come back to each other's side. And that's all that was in this particular scene. So we can get into the last scene, um, which is essentially what you said. Um, Davis makes a call to Monet that yeah, the rough the Russians have been kind of rounded up for now. So, you know, you're safe at the moment, but keep your head on a swivel. And probably one of the best end episode stingers of this season, uh, Monet gets a consequence ghost, which I, I really appreciate that they've been kind of keeping that theme every now and then, um, which we've seen with uh, Tariq seeing his uh, his sister and, um, and uh, Kanan as well as Ghost seeing the, his consequence ghosts in Reyna and uh, and Angie. I can't remember if he saw Kane. I don't think he saw Kane. But, um, and that's where the episode wraps, that Monet isn't quite out of the woodworks yet, at least mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you feel about that, uh, that end up? I mean, like I said, she got visited by literal ghosts, and he spoke true facts. It's like, you did something horrible, you hurt these kids a lot, and you're not gonna be able to just walk away from it. They gonna find out eventually, and then when they do, you know what's gonna be the outcome for you, Monet. And I think that's gonna be a theme for the rest of the season, and probably future seasons as long as Monet alive. It's her trying to keep the secret from her kids, and at some point they're gonna find out. And then then it's gonna come down to are they gonna be forgiving, like she was claiming to be to Lorenzo, or are they gonna do what she did to him? And meet her own demise because of the fact that she lied to them and took something away from them that they really valued, which was their dad. So, you know, good wrap up to the end of the episode. Um, overall, like I said, it was a pretty good episode, pretty solid. A couple of goofy moments in it, uh, but for most part, pretty strong and um, build up a lot of things to see how this is, you know, going to play out over these last four episodes. Any uh, final thoughts? No. Um, as we said, the clock is now ticking for Monet. Um, She's done too much to where she's where she should feel completely safe. Um, and the same for for Sullivan, who is gone the way of Angela Valdez. She might end up the same way Angela Valdez did as well. Um, so, of course, that's going to do it for us. 
Thank you guys for joining us. We have other episodes that you need to go back and check out if you haven't already. Be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. If you want to find this episode as well as next week's episodes and past episodes, be sure to search us under the PLP podcast as well as the Power Post Game Report. Um, you can find him there. You can find me at Off the Clock Podcast, O-F-F-T-H-A Clock Pod, because I am Triple D, and with me as always is... Uh, this is Carlos D. And we'll see you guys next time.